With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. I won! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code. A lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant. AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash codeassistant. IBM. Let's create. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Here we go. Straight out of Vegas. Steve Cofield. RJ Bell. And... We've got the guy that we need in the wise guy chair tonight, college specialist, Brad Powers. Yes, college basketball up in less than 10, but Hold the on. NFL is king. Hold on. Showtime! So Woo! it's time for the Vegas lead. <laughs> Woo! Big NFL moves today. Big NFL moves. You remember when we discussed a few weeks back the future of Sports Talk Radio, Jason McIntyre, who does mornings on the weekends on FSR, talking about the Browns being a playoff team guaranteed next year. First of all, he didn't say guaranteed. He thought it was more likely than not. If they signed Kirk Cousins. Well, they had two big moves today, and I wonder what he thinks, because I am bullish on the Brownies. Oh, you can't be serious. Absolutely. This is the beginning of the ascent. Well, when you're starting from zero, sure. there's going to have to be an ascent, no matter what. Yes. Player First acquisitions off, with draft picks, and lots of them. John Dorsey has begun to wheel and deal. The GM. <laughs> Bullish on the brownies. Bullish. All right, so let's, <laughs> let's set some context here Calm first. <laughs> Is, there has been, and correct me if I'm wrong, Brad, Three, since we went to 16 games in the NFL, I'm like Hubie Brown, we, all right, is 16 <laughs> games in the NFL, there's been three separate fran- or three separate teams that's gone 0-16, on- correct? The Lions once and the Browns twice. No, Browns went 1-15. This last year? 0-16 last year, but the pre- oh. year, previous year they went 1-15. Oh, so the Browns had never been 0-16. Never. This so literally twice. 
one other time. So literally going back to 1980 or some variation is this is the second or, or tied for the worst team with one other team. Yep. In the in those decades and decades. Yep. So let's not confuse this Browns team with let's say the Rams team last year. Now let's give credit where credit's due. Colin Cowherd was, you know, first of all, you can't listen to Colin's show for 10 minutes without hearing him say this. So I'm sure anyone that's a Colin fan has heard this, but he was on the Rams. I was on set in August with Colin and he was talking about the Rams exceeding the win total by a large margin. I was laughing at it. I was like, I was heckling him over it. There's a difference though. Wait a second. Now I know he's the big wig. On FSR. You're saying you think he's bigger than you, Steve Cofield? Slightly. Mr. Cowherd is great. <laughs> really love him. You are not going to give Fezzik or myself any credit. I know it's a much lower level, but when we started straight out of Vegas way back in late August, we got laughed at because you remember what I was calling Sean McVay? Loved him. The boy genius. I mean, listen, there's a lot of people in the, oh, in, the, in the chorus that might have been saying the same thing. Selective memory. And, and I was I was mocking <laughs> the same people. So let's just start there. I was wrong. All right. Goff is much better. I, I really fundamentally didn't understand how much a great quarterback coach slash head coach, whatever you want to say, McVay's done with that system. I don't think I personally, when the day Goff retires, the over-under on him – let's say, in the league that last season, or let's say his average ranking over his years, his career, if it's over 18, you know, I would bet that he will be the 19th best quarterback on average, much more likely than, let's say, the 14th best quarterback. I think he's towards 19 and 20 when he reaches his plateau, right? I don't think he's even that now. But still, he looked like he wasn't even a backup in the NFL. So... Surprised by the Rams. But let's be candid. The Rams won, what was it, four or five games five the year games. before? Right? Yep. So to go from zero out of 16 versus five out of 16, this, and I know the Browns lost a lot of close games and all that stuff, but this Browns team is historically, and I'm using that word exactly correctly, historically bad this last season. All right. At least in wins and losses. Number two, Let's talk about Taylor and how good he is. We spent more than a few, or how not good he is. We spent more than a few minutes on this show over the football season, straight out of Vegas, right here on Fox, saying that we thought the Bills didn't start Taylor in that one game. Was it against the Chargers? Am I remembering that yep. right? Is it, We thought it was sabotage. We thought it was like there's a big contract bonus trigger coming up this offseason. If the Bills made the playoffs, it might be hard to not re, you know, allow Taylor to trigger that bonus. And we felt like it was something that, why else would they have started a guy? What was that guy's name? I Nathan forget. Peterman. Peterman. The Hold Nathan on. Peterman experiment. So, exactly. Or the we Peter call it the incident. incident. The, the Peterson incident, originally. Peterson. Exactly. I didn't even know his name. All right. I still know. <laughs> Such an unknown guy. So here's the question. Are you really telling me you're excited about the Browns, the zero historically zero win historically bad Browns, you're excited about their potential because they traded for a guy that the coach, by coaching decision, 
said should sit on the bench instead of Peterman slash Peterson. I think the jury is <laughs> Boy, still that, out. that really puts it into context, doesn't it? I think the jury is still out on who made the decision to sit Tyrod Taylor. That's been heavily debated. Did it come from up above with the owner or with some level of management? I don't think Sean McDermott, the coach of the Bills, ever wanted to do that. So is there any proof? No. So literally, we could just as easily say... Um, no, no, no. no. There, there's... How would you describe the proof? It's a pattern of behavior because the year before... They also tried to sit Tyrod Taylor at the end of the year. Because he was playing horribly. No. That's, that's, that's an exaggeration. They tried <laughs> to sit him at the end of the previous year because, again, contract was going to be vested if he continued to play. And Anthony Lynn, the interim, right, for Rex Ryan, Anthony Lynn actually came out and said, he's sitting for money reasons. And then it was like, whoa, 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 you can't say that. And then he came out quickly and he was like, no, that's, not the, that's not the point. But, so that was two years in a row. At some point, someone told the coach to sit Tyrod Taylor, two different coaches. Hold on a second. You just gave proof, potentially, if that quote is correct, of the season before this one. What proof do you have this year that someone told him to sit? Him. I don't have Oh, so full you, proof. did you see that little trick where he, he gave proof of one? Well, and he said, ba- now have we have two years in a row I, someone I, told I him. I have back-to-back years where it looked like the coach did it, not want to. It looked like. It looked it, like the coach didn't want to sit him. How do you know that? Like, what was the look? We'll, we'll get you sources. can tell by the look on his face. We'll get sources for you tomorrow. We have a good Buffalo Bills contact oh, who geez. we're tight with, and we'll, we'll find out. All right, but the point is, yeah. you're proving my point, and here's why. If they're saying we sat him because we don't want him to trigger his contract or get this given bonus, mm-hmm. if you've got a good quarterback— you're doing everything you can to get him to re-sign, to want to stay with you. If you have a good quarterback, is debatable. The Redskins' move with Kirk Cousins to boot him is debatable. The, well, the story's still not told yet on that. And But hold on a second. On, we, he, and we should tell people, Tyrod Taylor was traded for. We kind of we, we, we brushed right by that. Anyone listening to it. sports talk right third, now. But third-round pick from the Browns for Tyrod Taylor. He moves from the Bills to the Browns. Which is really a second-round pick plus one. It's the 65th pick. It's the first pick of... The third round, and there's so many dominoes that fall with that now with the draft and additional picks. All right, so it strikes me that if we want to put Kirk Cousins in this conversation, we're making a big mistake. Because with Cousins, it was, do you want to pay him, what was it, $22 million or whatever for one year? That's door number one. Or door number two is, hey, pay him 100 over four years or whatever that with a you know nice percentage guaranteed. The threshold of saying, we'll pay you 22, and I'm not sure that's the exact number, but okay, and but we don't want to give you 100, that lack of confidence, I'm doing quote marks right now, is very different than, oh, don't play this guy, or we might have to have him be our quarterback next year. That is a very different threshold. Well, I think they were facing signing him to a long-term deal. It wasn't going to be for $100 million. Tyrod Taylor would probably be in the market to get four years and $60 million. So they don't think he's a $15 million quarterback long-term. I think the Browns at least think he's a $15 million quarterback for two years, and we'll see what they do with their picks. If Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback of the future for the Browns, or he's a bridge. I'm fine with it either way. A bridge to what? If they take a quarterback at 1-4 or one of the picks in the second round. So I had the same argument. I'm talking about a bridge. Obviously, am I confusing anyone on what a bridge quarterback would be? No, no, I understand the concept that you have a, a, a veteran. Right. That is going to be there, and then you have, and, and here's where I think the flaw is in your logic, Cofield, is you usually have a backup, 
or or a young quarterback who is a project, right? It's a six six guy that you get in the third round, and let's make this point again. And and I say I think I did this on Houston radio today, and let, let's open the floor here, Brad. Here's the question: If I said in the next five years of the NFL, we only look at top five pick quarterbacks, either pick first, second, third, fourth, or fifth, in the next five years, and say each one, their rookie season is one instance, and how many games do they start? So at the end, we keep a little ledger. Guy gets picked first this year. Let's say it's Allen, whatever. He starts nine games. Next year, and he's the only top five pick, which is unlikely, but just to keep it simple. Next year, two quarterbacks are picked in the top five, and they start that year 11 games and 12 games. Okay. Over, under, what would you set the price and I'll give you mine first, for how many games a top five pick starts in his rookie year. My number would be 11 and a half. Mm, I was a little short. I would say nine and a half. This is this quarterback class? No, in the next Jeez, five are you, years. Are you on your phone? Well, that, I mean, that was the longest explanation ever. So, and I try I to make it as simple but, for like you well, and the I square chair to how understand. Do you, how do you project? I, the square chair understands the lunacy of... I, am I am I just using I'm averages, like, exactly. or am I now exactly am I is. now scouting high school seniors and juniors who may be drafted five years from now? No, yeah, there's no there should be no sense of how good a draft class in two or three or four years. So on is. average, on average in this modern NFL, and that's why we can only go five years because it will probably change in that time. But I think <laughs> we'll move more towards. The, let's agree with this: the direction of a top five pick is starting very quickly. Is is the direction we're moving in? Absolutely, right? Okay, because I, I do believe it is different with this class, and I think it pertains to the Browns. So, how I, so? Well, I think Sam Darnold is going to be a project based on what we've heard. Then he shouldn't be the number one pick if he's got the biggest upside. How about we continue on this? We got to get to all the college basketball. Uh, the Browns make moves. Tyrod Taylor. We didn't mention getting a number one receiver who's got 400 catches the last four years in Jarvis Landry. It's just the beginning, but I guess I'm the only one in the room who's bullish on the Browns. We'll continue on the NFL straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Straight out of Vegas, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quotes. Steve Cofield, R.J. Bell, Brad Powers in the Wise Guys chair. I have hijacked the show. It is all Browns talk after a big day. We'll put a button on hold it tonight. On, we got on, two hours on. tomorrow. It's not. All, all two hours tomorrow on the Cleveland Browns and their moves. Maybe not. That is Steve Cofield resigning from Fox Sports <laughs> Radio. <laughs> Effectively. No. Okay. Let's put a button on this. And tomorrow night, we don't have as much jam-packed, actionable betting info coming up from Brad on Saturday's big college basketball games. And we got Steve Fezzik, who, in my opinion, my informed opinion, the sharpest NFL handicapper that gives any information out publicly will be in tomorrow. So we'll be able to talk more Browns, maybe five minutes, seven minutes. (laughs) Here's the last thing I'll say. I thought the Browns made some bad moves today. So I retweeted at RJ in Vegas on Twitter, that a beat writer for the bill said there was three teams that were bidding in a way. They put in draft uh, or trade you know, possibilities and that the Browns' third pick, third-round pick, first one in the round, was far and away the best. 
So here's the thing. Just think about it like a house, right? There's a secret bid for a house. You bid 200000 You find out that two other people bid 198 You're thinking, mm, I'm smart. I'm smart. Or you bid 200 and you find out that 135 was the highest bid otherwise. You're thinking, hmm, what do I know that no one else knows? So the Bills have some insight. Mm-hmm. I think we can all agree that if anyone knows Taylor in the NFL, it's the Bills. They said, please leave. Is the Browns, who are the Browns, bid much, much more than any other team in the NFL? And Steve Cofield's optimistic. So we'll, we'll put that as a little tease to tomorrow night. But I also think this, when I put that out on Twitter, I got a lot of Browns fans, which I didn't know existed. They said, <laughs> they said, Oh, well, we've got many draft choices. And, you know, so we don't value them as much. It's like, well, wait a minute. We all know the Browns aren't going to win next year. They're not going to win the Super Bowl next year. Like, you know, that's a high probability. Even Kofi would agree with that. Not going to win the Super Bowl. Agree? Yes. All right. So, if anything, (laughs) you want to keep things interesting. I think the more I think about that Isaiah Thomas trade, and I think there's an analogy here with the Lakers, it was such a smart trade. It was almost like that Kobe signing. Everyone thought it was so crazy to sign Kobe that last two years for all that money. But the Lakers were pretty much saying, listen, we've got nothing on this team. we got to keep Showtime exciting. we got to keep selling out the arena. So let's pay Kobe a ton. We'll, we'll gain some goodwill for guys like LeBron, LeBron might be thinking, hey, if I go to the Lakers, my last two years, maybe they're overpay me too. This organization treats their people right. So they gained some goodwill the Lakers did with that. Also, they had, we. how much would, if Kobe wasn't on that Laker team, we would have never talked about the Lakers, hardly at all. So if you're rebuilding and you have money you have to spend anyway, because there's a minimum salary cap, why not get someone who might not help you win because you're not going to win anyway, really, in any way that matters, that's going to increase the interest level, either with the media talking about you or the fans coming. Well, isn't that what the Lakers did with Isaiah? Is They're not looking to win all that much. They want to play hard, the Lakers, but you know they're not thinking they're making the playoffs. Bring in a guy that's got a brand that has one year left. This is his last year on his contract. It's almost like taking an expiring contract, but he actually will put butts in the seat. So to me, if the Browns, if this is a bridge year to potentially making the playoffs, and listen, there's a chance the Browns make the playoffs this year, but if they do, what's the chance of them winning the Super Bowl? Very small. So the key is what's happening the year after that, right? Not next year, but the year after that. So to me, to have Taylor in there one year figuring we got to spend this money anyway, I can see that. Now, if they sign him longer term, boy, that's a heck of a commitment. But to, to, to overpay a guy for one year, you give up your third round draft choice? Boy, that seems expensive. And as much as the Browns are saying, well, we don't care about these draft choices. Well, if you trade a third round choice this year, you could get a two. Like if you say, give us something two years out and three years out, you could probably get a two and a five for a three this year. Right? If the Browns gave up a three this year, the team they traded to, they could probably get a two 
a number two round pick in two years, and then a five maybe in three years. So why not figure, you know, we've got all these picks. We're the Browns. We're not going to be any good for a couple of years or at least one more year. Let's make, if we do have too many draft choices, let's trade them and have those just sitting out there in the future. Imagine this Browns team with a couple of extra draft choices in three or four years. When there are, when they really are a playoff team, but how smart that, almost like the Celtics did, right? When the Celtics took the Nets, they didn't just trade, say, give us everything next year. They had to give us stuff next year, the next year, the next year, then you can skip a year and then one more year. If the Browns have too many draft choices, why trade for an overpaid quarterback? <laughs> why not just make that one choice now, three choices in the far future? To me, it felt like, that, that, that they said they got money to spend and it feels like they're wasting it because they didn't get one thing today that, in my opinion, that moves the needle. I think it moves the needle, obviously, more than what they had. I mean, you got a, a quarterback in Tyrod Taylor, 23 and 20 the last three seasons as a starting quarterback. I mean, that is a lot. Did you just say super- 23 and 20? Like, 23 and like, 20. Like, like in a real proud way? Compared to, to one and thirty-one, the last well, two years. Well, no, but here's the thing, and this will be our last thing on the Browns. I promise. <laughs> is <laughs> no matter what, is when you and this is an important lesson when you price futures markets. And the Cubs in baseball were a good example. The Cubs made a signing. What was it, Darvish? Am I remembering that you right? Darvish. Um, you know what's it been about three weeks? Their odds only ticked up a smidge. It was like they were eight to one and then they went to seven. You know, a little tick up. You might say, wait a minute, Darvish is a, you know, a very good, if not borderline great pitcher, right? So why wouldn't the Cubs upgrade significantly? It's cause the expectation, future odds aren't set on your current team. It's set on the expectation of what the team's going to be player personnel wise. And once the Cubs lost the pitcher, they did. They had the money to sign another pitcher. They knew they were going to sign, you know, the market ex- expected the Cubs to sign another pitcher. And when they did, that pitcher pretty much met expectations. So the odds didn't really move. So you're right, Brad. If the choice was Kaiser comes back versus Taylor, it's a huge upgrade. But if the choice is, either the number one or number four pick going to a quarterback versus Taylor starting. And let me ask you, Brad, as a football guy, not an NFL specialist, if I said one to a hundred rate Taylor, one to a hundred rate in his rookie year, the very best quarterback in this draft, if Taylor has any edge, I would make the case it's a smidge. I, I was thinking a smidge. All right. So thus... The upgrade from expectations is only a smidge at best, and you're paying, what, $16 million, and you gave up the 65th pick in the draft for it. Doesn't seem too good to me. Straight out of Vegas, brought to you by Hooters. You got to get the Hooters for the tournament. Try the new smoked wings. It's a whole new way to crave wings, and with all the taste and half the calories, RJ, myself, we can eat twice as many. How about that? Hooters! Hold on a second. I didn't know about Hooters. Now, what are we getting? Are we getting any, like, any, like, free wings? Gotta call the bosses. Gotta call the bosses. Oh, my agent's on it. I'm texting them as we speak. You know what you get? Half the calories. Huh? I just told you. You get half the calories with the smoke wings. So I can eat double as much? Yes. There you go. You're in. (laughs) Uh, College basketball from Friday. Looking ahead to Saturday here in just a couple minutes. Misleading finals of the day from Brad Powers. 
Arizona in overtime beats UCLA 78 to 67. Wildcats were laying six. It goes to overtime. They win by 11. Bruins went scoreless in OT, did they not? Yeah, 11-0 oh was the run for Arizona in their winning cover over UCLA. Arizona got big money in the marketplace today. Opened around four, got bet up to six. A lot of people were betting on Arizona, both pros and Joes, all over the Wildcats. Didn't deserve to cover the game, and you can question, did they deserve to even win the game straight up? Because Arizona was down at halftime and was playing a miserable game. Great overtime session. Very misleading final. If you're just looking at the final, that was not a comfortable cover for Arizona. Arizona, over the time since the eight and allegations, winning, but not covering. Yeah, four and one straight up for Arizona since the allegations have been announced. But, you know, today with today's cover, two and three against the spread, but I would say more likely if you would have put the game at the end of regulation, they wouldn't have covered one and four against the numbers. So the distractions, not affecting them as far as the wins go, but they're being a little still overpriced in the marketplace. So, Brad, one of the topics we touched on on our Dream Preview podcast that comes out every Wednesday. And, guys, next week we are going to go down on the Dream Preview. It might take about two hours and change. We don't care. We are going to go down every, all 32 first round. I guess we got to think about the play-ins, but around 32 first round games, handicapping each one. Brad Powers, Fezzik. And a bookmaker likely will be sitting in for that perspective. And that comes out Wednesday a.m. Just go to your favorite podcast player, search for R.J. Bell and the Dream Preview. But one of the topics we talked about is the idea that motivation in conference tournaments is not always obvious. Teams that uh, specifically that have it at large locked up aren't necessarily competitive for a number one seed. So they're thinking, oh, we could be a three seed or maybe a four seed. What's the difference? Oftentimes their motivation is less than 100% in these conference tournaments. If you look at Arizona, since the controversy, how do you character? I get they're two and three ATS and they should be one and four. But looking at them, does it seem like that they're just shooting bad? Are they just not motivated? Are they, what, what, what is the, what ails them? Because if you're one, and if you're legitimately, or if you should be one and four, well, you're falling sh- against the spread. You're falling short of expectations. I think they're motivated, Arizona. But I just don't. I think the expectation out there, this is a top fifteen team, and I don't think that's. So you the just case. think they're fun. Arizona is fundamentally overrated. Absolutely. I will say one guy that it does look super motivated, DeAndre Ayton, the guy that was announced or supposedly was got the hundred thousand dollars offered to him. He's had three of his best games in the last five of the entire season. Tonight, Aiton goes 32 points, 14 rebounds. He's playing, I mean, definitely with a chip on his shoulder. Brad's got more misleading finals than his teams that he says are overrated and underrated. But first, Looney with the latest. Hey, guys. Sonny Greg. NBA game of the night. Best team in the East. Best team in the West. Toronto Raptors hosting the Houston Rockets. And the game came down to the final shot. Ariza gets the ball. Can't get it in. Gets it to Joe Johnson. Back to Ariza. To Harden. A deep three. No good. No good. The Raptors win it. 108-105. Eric Smith with the thrill of victory on AM590. The fan, Toronto James Harden, had 40 points for the losers. Now, it could be argued the game of the night was the Warriors and Blazers. Portland had won eight in a row. Golden State seven in a row. Blazers smoked out the Warriors 125-108. Portland now makes it nine in a row. Kevin Durant, 40 for the losers. Upset of the night in college basketball tournament action. 
on the Big East Tournament. The number one seed went down. Providence Friars, holy smoke, Xavier, 75-72. And in the SEC Tournament, Alabama continues to turn over apple carts. Crimson Tide upset Auburn, 81-63. That's what's trending. I'm Looney. Here's RJ, Steve, and the other guy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I got to I got to tell you, I got to tell you something. Looney's been a good friend, and you know maybe I shouldn't say this, but but you know Tom, if 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 you're okay with me saying it, then just don't. You don't have to answer. Just don't say anything. Okay, he said that other than his show with JT, Straight Out of Vegas is his favorite show on Fox, and maybe it's uncomfortable saying that. But I guess he was he acquiesced. He said it was all right. So thanks, buddy. There you go. Brad Powers, the other guy <laughs> in the wise guy's chair. Come on, Looney. Uh, it's, a, got, it's a rotating chair. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Misleading finals beyond Arizona's win tonight in overtime in the Pac-12 semis. ACC semis. North Carolina's fired up. They should be. Was that a misleading final? They won the game. They're getting four. Pull out. The uh, straight-out upset, 74-69, against a Duke team that you keep saying has the highest upside. It's misleading final. I mean, expectations were met by, and exceeded far for North Carolina, pulling the outright upset. But that was a blowout game for North Carolina. Five minutes left in the game. North Carolina's up 16 points. They don't score a point for five straight minutes. Duke has the ball down three with 10 seconds left, looking to tie and force overtime. That was the misleading part of it. And usually when I see a misleading final, hey, that's creating value for the next day or the next game. Here's what I think. North Carolina, with this particular instance, that was their third game in three days. Very motivated effort against Miami with revenge. Revenge against Duke tonight. Was that North Carolina running out of gas at the end? If so, I'm going to be looking to play against their opponent, North Carolina's well, opponent, Virginia. When you say if so, I'm going to be looking to play. Is there it some was. magic? Is there some magic way you're going to find out if it was or no. wasn't? So I'm playing against them. Well, okay. we're going with Virginia. It looked like to me. Was that North like Carolina. some? Is it like a premium pick you're trying to hide? Yeah, kinda. we don't do that. <laughs> right. We don't do yes. that. You'll be the the other guy. Yes. Boom. Now here's what's confusing. And maybe we just got to get into the discipline of this. When we talk about misleading finals, I think we should very explicitly say that the game was more like this than the scoreboard says. So looking at this final, the game was more what? North Carolina was more dominant? Way more dominant. Okay. I mean, North Carolina started but, off... But I'm confused yeah. about something. And, and I, I'll be honest, Brad, and I think one of the things that people love about the show, and we get explicit feedback about this, we challenge each other. If I say something you disagree with, you'll challenge me, I'll explain why you're wrong, and then we move on. When you say something, what, that was a joke. <laughs> Everyone's like, huh. Hmm. But, and vice versa, right? So to me, what I don't get is why you sanctify early in games more than late in games. So let's say a team is up, it doesn't even matter the sport, but let's say basketball. They're up 20 at halftime. Yep. The game goes to overtime. So in halftime, or from in the second half, they lose by twenty. Is that in a faulty final? You know, and let's just say it doesn't even matter who wins for a second. Or are we going to say, oh, they were up twenty the first half team, thus they should have won by twenty? No, is it's just like in an NBA seven game series. One game wins game, or one team wins game one. Maybe the other team wins game two. Does that mean game one was somehow invalid or better than game one? No, it's in any given stretch of time. 
a, two teams are going to play and there's going to be a given score. So if Duke is being dominated for X amount of time by X amount of points, but then in a shorter period of time they make those points back, in the 40 minutes these teams were almost even. What What's faulty about any of that? Well, I would say... 35, I mean, it's the difference between a half, they dominated one half, and they got dominated the second half. They dominated for 35 minutes. Okay, but the if 40. they dominated by 35 minutes, they should have been up enough that there was no way they could lose in the last five minutes. They, But they weren't. So th- how much did they really dominate? And to me, this is an ongoing thing. Now, I will say this. You do, you have this perspective a lot more in, in football. And I think it's more valid in football because oftentimes teams go into prevent defense and there can be a couple of turnovers that feel very fluky. They get a team back in it. In basketball, if it's five minutes left in the game or five minutes into the game or anywhere in between, is three-pointers are worth three, buckets are worth two, foul shots are worth one, et cetera, et cetera. And that's, I think the whole game's got to be just as valid. Now, if a team's losing by 40 and they get it down to 12, you can then make the case, I think, hey, the other team was coasting, the 40, you know, the dominance was more than the 12. But boy, if a team comes back to almost tie the game, I think those points are just as valid as the points scored, in this case, by North Carolina earlier. You're making me reevaluate that. Now it's time to move on. Another Hill. misleading final. Arkansas plus four and a half beats Florida outright, eighty to seventy-two. But I think the misleading part of this was the total it was one forty-four and a half. It blows by it, but it was not a, an overpace for the game. No, not if the under was going to cash by double digits. Last minute of the game, twenty-three points scored in the last minute. And, and look, it would be understandable. NCAA tournament loser goes home. They're going all. So in. Did, did you make a bet on this game? I did not. I did not. <laughs> but I, you know what's I know, funny? I, know I, someone that. That I did. always think uh, yeah. I always think I know because Brad sounded what? really pained uh, and he, he started that little whiny. <laughs> and I would have made a bet that he had a bet on the game. So I'm surprised. Well, you just no, feel empathy for the bad beats. I, I do a little bit of empathy, but I was looking for a trend. And the SEC tournament, I was looking to bet a lot of unders, and the under would have cashed four straight because of this arena. Same arena as the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament, which gets bet the under each and every year. It looked like a significant trend. I wanted to tweet, go on Twitter. Hey, the under cashed by double digits in all these SEC games but, today. But if anything, if you're looking to bet the next round, this misleading over offers an opportunity. So let's be Abs- very specific about that. And it does. Moving forward, I look for some value tomorrow in the Arkansas-Tennessee game because of those 23 points in just one minute. I think that's going to create some value in tonight's game. So... All in all, I'm kind of happy those 23 points are scored. So the sad music isn't necessary. No, it's not. Now, basketball, there's randomness in football because the ball is not round, as people like to say. And I think there's a lot of truth in the randomness in football with so much more than basketball. But when it comes to totals over under points, boy, basketball can be cruel. It's not just overtime, but it's the idea of, hey, if a team's up nine with 35 seconds left, probably just play out, and then hardly any points are scored. But if a team's up six, yeah, it's a foul <laughs> fest. And if a team makes another three, if the team trailing, boy, there can be 22 points scored in the last 50 seconds, where if they just missed out one three at one point, there might be six points scored. So was this end of the game one of those situations? Where- Ab- absolutely it was. Florida hit a three, and then the foul fest started. I didn't understand it so much, the fact that Florida 
is safely in the tournament, win or lose this particular game. So that's where it was a little bit of a head scratcher. I perfectly understand it. If it's a team, I mean, uh, this is their only chance to make the NCAA tournament with a win here, or it's the NCAA tournament's winner go home. That's why I was kind of bewildered that Florida went to Foul Fest. So real quick, going behind the curtain of Brad Powers, if you're betting totals Mm. with a team, you pretty much have to go into every box, not only the box score, but the play-by-play to get a feel how the the games end. Absolutely. You have to do that deep dive this time of year. And do you do that for every this time of year or the whole year? Well, I mean, you, you do the whole year, but you're less likely to see something like this, I think, in the middle of January like you are this time of the year. And the only rationale to that would be, and I see some of it, is teams are more willing to say, hey, there's a 5% chance we can come back here one in twenty, but hey, it's the tournament. We if we lose our seasons over, let's keep fouling. Yep. Where in January they're saying, hey, it's only a five percent chance. We got to play in a couple days. Let's not. Exactly. Let's talk overrated and underrated. Auburn minus seven loses outright to Alabama and badly. They lose by eighteen. And you warned everyone a few weeks ago when one of the bigs went down for Auburn, there might be trouble. Yeah, Macklemore, a guy that the market, and I think everyone's overlooking, because you look at him, well, Macklemore for Auburn only averages seven points per game. He can't be that big. Well, he was the rim protector, Macklemore, for Auburn, nearly three blocks per game. Since he went out, Auburn, worst stretch they've had all season. Auburn, two and four straight up, one and five against the spread. Overrated team, not only because of that key injuries not being properly priced, Auburn hasn't made the NCAA tournament since 2003. Now they're being talked as a two- Two seed, a three seed. They're the number one seed Auburn is in the SEC tournament. I don't think Auburn's handling all these new, newly found expectations very well. I'm going to sell Auburn when it comes to the NCAA tournament. No question about it. I'll be looking to fade them in their first game. Brad's best bet is on the way. More overrated teams, including a possible number one seed who Brad is really worried about. That's on the way. Straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Straight out of Vegas, brought to you by Granger, the products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back to help keep your facility running. Granger for the ones who get it done. Brad Power, best bet coming up. Buckle up. Let's do it. About two minutes away from that. We just talked about a number one seed that you believe is overrated. Possible number one seed. Xavier loses outright, minus seven to Providence in overtime. Blew a big lead. Where are you on Xavier? Uh, Xavier, I don't even have in my top ten of my power ratings, even though they're number three in the AP poll, probably. Most likely a number one seed. I think they're overrated, Xavier. Uh, and you look at defense being the number one culprit. Last 16 national champs have all had a top 20 defense. Xavier doesn't even have a top 60 defense. That defense caught up with them tonight. They lose outright. Xavier, depending on matchup, I think will be that first number one seed that gets knocked out in the NCAA tournament. So when you talk defensive ratings or rankings, which metric do you use? Ken Palm's efficient, defensive efficiency ratings. Brad Powers, best bet. SEC semifinals, Kentucky's taking on Alabama. Best bet, Kentucky minus three and a half. Here's where I think there's value on Kentucky. Everyone, everyone pretty much threw Kentucky in the trash after their last game against Florida, a blowout loss. Ah, that's the Kentucky team that was struggling weeks ago. Reality is, last three weeks, Kentucky's had one bad performance. They've exceeded expectations, the Vegas line, in five of the last six games by double digits, including today, they're playing an Alabama team that I think has just had a sigh of relief. I think Alabama, with today's win, outright win over Auburn's now in the NCAA tournament. It'll be their third game in three days. Kentucky takes advantage. Give me the Wildcats minus three and a half. 
So if you have a team that's as pedigreed as Kentucky, one of the most pedigreed college basketball teams there is, and they have been cashing for those backing them and making it look easy, how is this team still underrated? Markets continue to bet against them. This no, game no, no, opened no. four and a half. You, you answered the question yeah. by restating yeah. my premise. <laughs> yeah, the markets are betting against yeah. them, which means that the markets don't, uh, the markets see them being overrated, Kentucky. Yep. So w- what are the markets? And when we say the markets, we mean the wise guys. So do you have any sense? I, I'm always uncomfortable when I disagree with the wise guys and I don't know what their assumptions are. Now, if I let's just say, for example, we had a long Browns conversation is if so, if I'm talking to wise guys, they're like, we think we agree with Cofield. We think Taylor's going to be a great quarterback. I'm like, great. I have no problem fading you because if, if what we're betting is, is Taylor elite or not? I like my side of that. But if I don't know why the wise guys are playing a certain side, I'm scared because I'm thinking there's something I'm missing. Do you have any sense why the wise guys don't like Kentucky? Other than f- they're using full season stats. They're not grasping how much improved their top six players, all freshmen. I don't know if they're totally grasping that. And I do think that's a great macro concept. There's no sport like college basketball for a team to be able to trend upwards with young players between, let's say, the 30% mark of a season and the end of the season. I agree. Those young teams trending upwards offer opportunities oftentimes. More action for Saturday based on action on Friday. Overrated Cincinnati. Wins by 10 against SMU, 61-51. That was the quarters. Next up is Memphis. Yeah, I'm leaning with Memphis, plus the 16.5. Look, you look at the total, like 130, very low total. Tough to lay a huge number there with Cincinnati. Cincinnati, offensively, it's tough laying huge numbers with the Bearcats, who don't even have a top 40 offense. The worst offense of any of the top 15 teams lean on Memphis, plus 16.5. Let's go rapid fire on two final games. Virginia, and North Carolina, where are you on this one? No line out yet. Projection for me, Virginia is going to be a three or four point favorite. I'm going to lean with Virginia. In fact, I like Virginia depending on what that line will be. If it's three or less, we're talking best bet caliber for the Cavaliers. Bad matchup for North Carolina playing a fourth game in four days. Virginia has owned them the last couple of meetings, beating North Carolina significantly by double digits. Give me the Cavaliers. Last one, Kansas in the Big 12. Going to be around pick on West Virginia in the last three meetings has blown a double digit lead versus Kansas and lost the game outright. That West Virginia has also lost back to back Big Twelve title games. They get revenge in this one. Give me West Virginia in a pick 'em game. I'm not sure how much Kansas cares about this game. So if West Virginia gets up and keeps the pressure on, this could be a crazy blow. I would love to be able to bet like at plus ten to a uh, ten to one that KU loses by twenty or more, like some great jumbo alternative line. I think very possible huge KU loss, them getting blown out. Two more hours tomorrow, straight to Vegas, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Jonas Knox is on the way. We'll see you at ten o'clock Pacific on Saturday. Straight out of Vegas. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at High5Casino.com. High Five Casino. What are you looking for in a new smart TV? 
4K picture quality, high quality and immersive sound, a sleek design. All of those are givens, but only the new Roku Pro Series has all of those and the Roku Streaming Experience, an award-winning OS. Get fast, easy access to all your apps like iHeart, where you can stream all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts all day, and regular, all-inclusive trips to Roku City. The new Roku Pro Series, a smart TV built by the streaming pros. A collision between a Chinese jet and an American spy plane. He came and rammed into our left wing. With relations increasingly strained, what are the chances of things spinning out of control? The Western world was asleep. I'm Gordon Carrera. I'll be exploring the friction in this most important of relationships and asking, has the West taken its eye off the ball? You cannot ignore China. From BBC Radio 4, this is Shadow War, China and the West. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.